Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Our Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Monday, men's focus at 5 p.m. Tuesday, Bible study, 7 p.m. And Saturdays at 11.30 p.m. KKLA 99.5 on your radio dial. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Join us as we go inside the pages. Today is March 8th, 2022. And the Bible says, those that believe and was baptized, continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness, with singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I want to remind you to pick a, a fast day, you know, a day that you're going to consecrate unto the Lord, you, your family, your loved one, you know, your friends, you know, partner up with, with your buddy, you know, or, uh, or if you, you're dating someone, say, hey, let's consecrate unto the Lord. You can't go wrong by acknowledging him. You can't go wrong. You know, they say how you start something out is how it, you, you have to continue. Add prayer to in your relationship. Add consecration. You know, when those hard things come, those days where things seem pretty tough and, and you know, we need someone to talk to, you'll have somebody not just to talk to, but you'll have somebody that, that is willing to pray with you and pray for you. After Sunday morning worship, in Sunday school, we have outreach on the second uh, Sunday of, of each month we need to make sure that we're out and reaching out to souls. There are souls that need to be saved. There are people that need prayer. There are people that need uh, someone that, that will stand for them, you know, and minister the word of God, stand with them. Or maybe they just need a listening ear. You want to be that listening ear and praying at the same time because whatever is given to you, you want to pass it on to the Lord because he is the one that handles everything. You know, as we talked about on Sunday, he's our champion. He's our champion. He's the one that's able to deliver us. He don't have an NBA, a major league baseball. He don't have an NFL. He don't have none of those contracts. Nope. Those are jobs. Those are jobs. He's a savior. 
he's sovereign and he is champion. And so, you know, want to remind you of that. And, and we're going to go on into the word of God, the book of Daniel. Mm -hmm. The ninth chapter. And we're going to start at the 22nd verse. But um, but before we go there, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, thank you for this day of consecration. Thank you for this day that you have given us another opportunity to stand and to uh, to hear your word, to stand and to receive what you have for us, Lord God, on this, this evening. Lord God, certainly we honor you for your goodness, your grace, Lord, a reasonable portion of health. Lord, we even honor you for the pain and the things that we may have dealt with. It may have been a bad hair day, but Lord God, you allowed us to know, Lord Jesus, and, uh, and that's important as well. We acknowledge that, Lord God, because if it had not been for pain or uh, for the nerve endings and things that you have given us, we wouldn't know where we were injured. We wouldn't know what to do. We wouldn't know to call for help unless we felt the pain. Lord God, we honor you, Lord God, and for those that are listening and those that will be listening later, we thank you. We pray and ask that you would meet their needs, Lord God, as only you are able to do. You're able to meet all of our needs, and we thank you. We thank you for being sovereign in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, we're in the book of Daniel, the, the ninth chapter. We're going to start at the 22nd verse, and we're talking about to the very end, Jesus to the very end. Daniel could not say Jesus because the name had not been given yet. But we can say Jesus, Jesus to the very end. And, and I hope that you mean that, I, I certainly do. There are many that, that make declarations, but their life don't measure up to, to the words that they're saying. Let's measure up what we're saying, and that is Jesus to the very end. Now, this term is used to emphasize the completeness of a process to the very end. Uh, you don't stop once you get started. You don't get to the middle of the process and quit. Uh, it's Jesus. Jesus was all in. He was all in. Uh, in his suffering, he said, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nonetheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. So, you know, sometime we're going to find ourselves in similar situations where we are overwhelmed. We'll find ourselves in situations where it seems unbearable. I know I have, and I'm sure that there are those that are listening that can attest and say the same, that it just felt unbearable. Now, you may not have prayed until, until you were sweating and, 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 you know, and it was falling off of you, but I'm sure that there were times that tears rolled down your face as maybe you sat in a car, maybe you was laying in bed, you know, watching TV or whatever it was, but you felt the agony of what you were dealing with. You felt that distress 
And instead of stopping and throwing in the towel, you yet called upon the Lord. That's what Jesus was doing. He was all in to the very end. Now the Bible tell us in Psalms 47 through nine, it said, then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. So if you haven't already experienced, uh, there are some days that you that you're not going to be willing, even you know, even asking not to take another sip from that cup. Now Jesus could look back, could go into the scriptures and read about him, about himself. He could read about his birth. He can read about what was going to transpire in his life uh, to the end. It was all written, and so, um, uh, and so. We know, and though we can't see everything that there is, we know because the word of God tell us that if you live godly, you shall suffer persecution. So meaning that things are not always going to go right. Mm -hmm. But even with that is Jesus to the very end. So we're in Daniel. And now last week we were in the book of Jeremiah and we we're talking about uh, Babylon just wanted to lay that foundation as we go uh, go into Babylon and talk about that on Sunday, if the Lord say the same. And so we laid that foundation uh, already. And so we talked Babel, <laughs> you know, and so um, and so now we're talking we're talking about what Daniel has seen and what he was told. Now, uh, the this 22nd verse starting there, it said he informed me. At 9.22, he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I am come now to give to thee skill and understanding. I'm so excited about the Lord right now, so let me go on. <laughs> he, the angel Gabriel, was sent to help Daniel with understanding the dream. Sometimes we have dreams. Sometimes we get unctions. Sometimes we, we don't know, we can't put our finger on it to identify exactly what it is. And so we need help. We need the Lord to interpret for us. Now, Cornerstone is, is moving and has taken a giant step. And I couldn't understand why for the past couple of weeks there has been such turbulence uh, occurring in my life. And as I was speaking with uh, another minister, uh, they pointed out the fact that turbulence that is occurring is because there is spiritual warfare occurring that is happening because of the steps that you you're making i needed someone to give that to me because i did was not uh able to figure it out sometimes you need help and, and there's nothing wrong with asking for help there's nothing wrong with you know don't 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 lose out on getting the help you need because of pride well you know i'm 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 so-and-so and, you know, and I should know this for myself and, you know, no, no, you're not going to know everything. There's some things you need help with, uh, whether it is um, advice, whether it's monetary, whether it is just support, 
you know, we've been talking a lot about support on the Men Focus program. And, and you know, because support and being well balanced is needed. And many have grown up without support, without well, being well balanced. And the Bible said, when you come to the light, walk in it. And, and so, and thank God that while we have opportunity, we can change some things and certainly make a difference. Sometimes we need help. Don't make assumptions. Don't let pride get in the way of you asking for the help that you need. There were two things uh, that uh, Daniel is highly educated. He's highly educated. Remember, he has spent years in, the, in cap these, this captivity. He had to learn the, 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 the astrology, the, the, the uh, agriculture, the, the culture, the agriculture, the culture period of, of where he was, the language. He had to become bilingual and, you know, and so he was highly educated, wise, understanding science. So he knew math and he just did things well. But here it is that with all of that, Gabriel, God's messenger, is sent to him to assist with skill and understanding. Now, skill in the Hebrew is the same as the same intentional. You know, we don't, Daniel was not to presume uh, uh or assume that he understood what was what he was seeing. Skill meant to have mastery of what you're saying, Daniel. I'm here to help you. Therefore, Daniel would not be misplacing the interpretation or declaring it, uh, declaring things as being symbolic and just writing things off um, when it is not. Understanding means the deeper clarity of what is seen, what is being seen. And, and so just like we understand in our, uh, in our academics as we study, we're looking to see, uh, to have a deeper understanding of all the parts. A deep, it doesn't matter if it's mechanics, it doesn't matter if it's technology, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's in whatever, medical, it doesn't matter. You're looking for deeper understanding uh, because with that deeper understanding, it, it helps you to function better. So we're looking to see beyond the surface without getting uh, a big head in the process. The, the Bible talks to us about, about that big head, the jack-in-the-box head, you know. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 8, 1 and 2, it says, Now, as touching things offered unto idols... We know that we are have knowledge, but knowledge puffs up, but charity edifies. And if any man think he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. And, and so we never, we don't arrive. We don't arrive. Well, I, I've arrived because I have uh, a PhD. I, no, there are PhD fools. There are, we read, uh, we, we hear about them in the news. Uh, they're not wise in what they do. Uh, some of them have been arrested because of what they did. And there are others that uh, have high degrees and at the same time, they are uh, not balanced. Let's just put it that way. They're not balanced. When we declare uh, our life with Christ, this lifestyle is not just a belief. 
it is a lifestyle, then it should create balance. Now, sometimes the balance comes through pain and suffering. The Bible said that he learned by the things he suffered. Well, so have we, or at least we should be learning by the things that we have suffered. At the beginning of thy supplication, the commandment came forth. This is Gabriel talking to Daniel. And I've come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. God, you have God's attention. Daniel's not the only one that has the Lord's attention. Sometimes we think we don't have his attention. And it is a result of maybe our upbringing. It's a result of the relationships that we've had in the past. And so therefore, we don't feel that we have God's attention when we have his open ear, we have his eyes looking at us because they go to and fro through the earth, beholding the good and evil. God sees us and he hears our cry. Our thing is to walk with faith, knowing that this happens. And sometimes you have to remind yourself. Sometimes you need to remind yourself, Lord, I know you got me. Maybe you remind yourself in a song, maybe it's when you sit down and you say, you know what, I'm going to read the word. I really don't feel like opening this book up. Uh, I really don't feel like reading the scripture, but I'm going to because I know there's something there for me. And Or maybe you're not even saying I know something there for me, but you're going to sit down and read. Uh, that's the goodness of God. That's the goodness of God leading you. You sit down and then you, all of a sudden you feel a little better. And you go for a walk and you think about what you've been reading. You exert some of that that negative energy, you get it out through exercise, you get it out through uh, through discussion, you get it out through prayer, you get it out uh, through whatever means uh, that is needed except for the negative means. In other words, we're not hitting walls and breaking drywall and yelling at anybody and being all snappy and, and carrying on. We govern ourselves as we should. And at the beginning of the supplication, the commandment came forth. Daniel, you're greatly beloved, and therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. Now, Daniel 9, 6, 3, beginning at the third verse, said, I set my face unto the Lord. This is what Daniel did. I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. He humbled himself and prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandment, we have sinned, we've messed up and we've committed iniquity. We know, we've, we knew what to do, what was right to do and we chose not to do it. That's iniquity, that's transgression and have done wickedly, uh-huh, wickedly. Some people don't like to talk about that wickedness that they do uh, and have rebelled. No, I'm not rebellious because I believe in God. That don't mean that you're obedient to him. You know, there's a whole lot of cover-up that people do in the name of uh, believing in God. I'll just put it that way. There's a whole lot of things that people rebel against as being instructed, Bible said, uh, obey your parents. That, that's both naturally and, and in the Lord. Are they telling you what is right to do? But instead, uh, people don't want to be told 
uh, well, you're t I'm grown. I'm grown. Well, grown doesn't mean because you grew some hair under your arm and, you know, and you, your, your physique has changed some that, that you have matured. That just means that your body has gone through some changes. And so, therefore, there is a rebellious nature that has to be brought into subjection. Um, and if that's not brought into subjection, then we felt, well, you're picking on me. And so I'm going to rebel against that because you're picking on me. Well, whatever happened to uh, receiving instruction, whatever happened to being instructed, uh, especially when it comes down to things pertaining to God and his house, the order of his house, and people rebel against that, you know, and so Israel was a nation of people that just rebelled and said, well, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. Even by departing from thy precepts. If we really, if, if people follow, uh, I'm talking about those that rebelled. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about those that, that have rebelled. If they follow the precepts, the instructions, and uh, from the judgments that God has given, then they would be better off. Certainly when we say I'm repenting, that means that I'm turning from unrighteousness. But, many, but some people are repenting where they're turning from righteousness and turning to wrong, and they justify it. But justifying it don't make it right. It's still wrong. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets. Well, how dare you tell me anything? How dare you judge me? Uh, how dare you? You wrong. Matter of fact, I'm going to leave the church because you gave me instructions, because you asked me something, because you instructed me, because you corrected me, because you asked me to change from what I was doing, uh, to do something a different way to help. No, I've always done it. I'm leaving the church. That's a mindset of people. And so the Bible tells us that the day would come that people would do that. Now, you don't know that they're fulfilling prophecy. They're fulfilling prophecy. And you're not going to go anyplace and find a group of perfect people. All of us are imperfect. But you'll find those that will, are striving to become what God has asked them to be. And so he said, which uh, we didn't hearken unto thy servants, the prophets, which thank in thy name to our kings and our princesses and our fathers and to all the people of the land. Uh, remember, he has gone back into the book of Jeremiah. He's looked at the law of Moses and he's like, man, uh, we the people rebelled. We, Jeremiah told them, obey, don't don't fight against Nebuchadnezzar. You're going into captivity. No matter what you do, you're going into captivity. And the Lord sent prophets to tell the king and them, do, do not fight against what I'm going to do. And if you don't fight against it, things are going to go well with you. You're going to be in captivity because you placed yourself here. But you'll be able to remain in your own home, your sons, your daughters, and everybody will yet prosper. However, there will be tasks and there will be limitations to what you're able to do because. But they didn't want to hear that. And supplication means to humble yourself. It means to plead. It means to ask for help, to seek favor. And this is what Daniel was doing. He was making supplication. Lord, help. Lord God, help us. Daniel himself had not did anything wrong, but Daniel included himself. It, it, it's to every minister, every pastor, 
uh, everyone that is a leader, that when you pray, you're not just praying and thinking about what someone else did wrong. You got to remember yourself. And even when you approach someone, the Bible tells us that we should consider ourselves. And so you have to, when you pray, you're praying and asking for forgiveness of yourself. Things that you may have done and didn't know that you did. Things that you may have not did. Sin of omission. And didn't even recognize it. And the Lord is offended. He's been slighted. And we don't consider those things. So when we pray, we should be praying like Daniel. Making supplication. You know, I don't hear people talking about, I hear them talk about Daniel and the, the, the lion's den. I hear them talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and have been in the fiery den. I hear them talk about uh, the, the, the image. I hear them talk about uh, the Daniel fast and all of these things. Well, that Daniel was fasting and seeking God. He was praying and humbling himself with, are we praying? Are we humbling ourselves? Are we crying out to the Lord for our soul salvation as well as our family, the ones next to us? Do we call our children names out in prayer? Yes. The Bible said Job, that Job eschewed evil. Job matured and he did not like things that was wrong. And he would offer his sons and daughters would meet and go to one another house and enjoy themselves the way, whatever way that they were enjoying themselves. And Job said, you know what? I'm going to offer up sacrifice because I don't know if any one of them have done or said something to offend the Lord. And so therefore I'm going to take it up on myself to offer a sacrifice on their behalf, just in case. Do we, uh, are we so busy at, uh, giving and, and uh, free will offerings and different things saying me, 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 instead of giving, saying, Lord, bless, bless my loved ones, bless the community that I'm in. Lord, that when I walk down the street, that that I might be able to hold a conversation with someone and and, and talk about your goodness and, and, and lead them to repentance, lead them, Lord God, to. Uh, to uh, uh, and encourage a better relationship with you. I'm not talking about just, I'm not talking, let me be clear. I'm not talking about those that already know the way. What about the one that don't know the way? Cornerstone. You should be reaching out to people that don't know the way. Those that do know the way and are not going that way are rebellious. And that requires someone higher. Whatever church you go to, Besides Cornerstone, same message. Uh, those are rebellious folks and they require a different approach by someone of a different authority. And God knows how to say it and what to do, what authority to be used. Daniel, when you first humbled yourself in prayer, a commandment was given and here I am to assist you. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people, upon the holy city, uh, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sin. Folks, there is an end to sin that is coming. Those that are wondering why there's why there's uh, bigotry, those that are why there's prejudice, why there's injustice, why there's hatred, uh, the day is coming. 
There's an end to sin and it's not going to be a utopia where everybody just get along. Can we all get along? No, it's not going to be that. There's going to be a finish of transgression. There is going to be an end of sin to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring ever, listen, to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. This is from Genesis to Revelation. Remember, I read the scripture earlier. Behold, I come in the value in a book. It's all about that. It's all about putting it in to sin. It is about uh, cutting off the transgressions. It is about the reconciliation for iniquity and bringing in everlasting righteousness where the vision is going to be sealed, the prophecy and the and to anoint the most holy one. Now, the most holy one won't be anointed without the presence of those that yet remain. Mm -hmm. The messenger Gabriel uh, tells Daniel about future events. Uh, well, well, I don't want to hear about future events. I don't want to hear about that. Well, that's just what you want to believe. But yet uh, the same voice that says that says, well, I believe in God. I believe in the Bible, but I don't want to believe that there is going to come an end, a sin, that there is going to be everlasting righteousness ushered in, and that the vision and the prophecy is going to be fulfilled. Seventy weeks are determined. Now, there are two considerations here. The 70 weeks of captivity uh, that Jeremiah speaks about in, in Jeremiah 29 and 10. You can read that if you haven't already read it. You can go back and read it. And then there's a school of thought, uh, theologians, uh, where they have broken the scripture down uh, and, and to, to understand uh, based upon the verses that we're about to read, uh, verses 25 through 27. Now, remember, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make reconciliation, the atonement for sin, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal a division, and to anoint the most holy. Those are a few things. There's about six that is going to occur. It, it, yeah, it, it's, in the, it's in the making. It's in the making. The, the, the clock is already ticking. Things are moving forward. And those that say, well, it hasn't happened, that's because God has been gracious. Hallelujah. He has been gracious because if the Lord would have made his appearance, if these things would have transpired the way that that uh, the way people think that, oh, well, you know, hey, or they should have happened by now. They saw it was not ready. Everyone is not ready. And God said, I would that no man would perish. So he's merciful. He's merciful. And so we have this time. And, and, and in this time, we should just be pouring ourselves out. Pouring ourselves out unto the Lord, handling our personal business, handling our work at, and, and carrying on ethically and, and doing the things that, that God has called us to do as a person of righteousness, walking in the spirit of excellence, celebrating in this year of Jubilee. Knowing that the future that we have now know, therefore, and understand this is the 25th verse that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah. So see, this is, so see, Daniel not only sees what, what is occurring in his day, but God has given him a vision of what is going to happen later. 
Mm -hmm. And so uh, the commandment to restore and, and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and three score and 62 weeks. Excuse me, three score and two weeks. I'm kind of ahead of myself there. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And after three score and two weeks shall the Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. The Messiah has been cut off, the, the sacrifice of sin. And the people of the prince shall come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be of a flood. And unto the end of war, desolation is deter are determined. Now, knowing and understanding, it is not enough to, uh, to, to know, you know, to quote it, to read it, to say it. You need to understand it. Jerusalem would be restored after being chastened. They, they were chastened for their idolatry and profaning. They disrespected God. They may have other nations looking at them saying, wow, you know, we've done bad, but you guys have exceeded what we did. Mm -hmm. They exceeded what other nations did. They were hiding. Now, in all of what they were doing, in all of their disobedience and their rebellions, they didn't stop believing in God. But yet they rebelled against him. They rebelled against the miracles they saw. They rebelled, but he was faithful. God has been faithful to each one of us until the end, to the very end. God is faithful. Jerusalem would be restored because the Lord said it would. After being chastened for this time and after their disrespect, God is still going to restore them. Then there is the first mentioning of the Messiah, the anointed one that Daniel is exposed to in, 70, in seven weeks, uh, representing a time period. So seven weeks, uh, 49 years, rebuilding of Jerusalem, 62 weeks, 434 years, the Messiah is going to make an appearance. But then something uh, takes place, something very intentional is going to happen. And uh, the Bible will tell us the Messiah is cut off. Now, Jesus was born to die that we might live. He was born to die that we, you and I, and others might live. John 18 and 37 says, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest, I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Are you hearing the voice of God? Are you hearing those that claim, well, I'm, I'm, a, um, I'm a philosopher. So you, you embrace the philosophy. Philosophy is not salvation. It might have some good things in it, but it's not salvation. You need salvation. Well, I, I'm, I'm a, um, a motivation speaker. Well, it's good to be motivated. The word of God should motivate all of us. It should quicken all of us to life. It should quicken all of us to doing what's right. It should quicken all of us to be the best that we can be. Hmm. Acts 1, 
says, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? See, they had did their homework. They understood what, what Christ had been telling them. They understood what the, the spirit of the, of the prophets had been uh, motivated to write. And they asked him, are you gonna restore the kingdom to, of Israel right now? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the father hath put in his own power. You're not gonna, you're not gonna get that today. You're not gonna get it. You don't need to know that. That matter of fact, that is not your, of your greatest concern. Go back to Jerusalem and wait until you receive the promise that has been spoken of. He was telling them to go back and to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so in that, only 120 went. Out of 500 that was present, only 120 went to the upper room and was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, they didn't see this, and neither did Daniel see this. But Paul talks about the fact that, uh, that we are in the dispensation of grace. So remember, the Messiah is born, the Messiah is cut off, and at that point, the end of sin, the uh, transgressions, uh, and the uh, Messiah should have, the vision should have been sealed up, the prophecies would have come to pass. However, we are in the dispensation of grace, a time frame that was not seen by Daniel. Daniel saw everything, but he didn't see at least it was not identified, this dispensation. Now, Daniel talks about men going to and fro and knowledge would increase. Daniel saw some things. How he was able and how he interpreted that, we know that the scripture said it made him very sick and he was in bed. He was bedridden because of what he had seen. And many times we, we joke about it because we don't know exactly the vision, but we know the description of it and so we say that he saw he may have seen modern times but did not uh, was not able to put his finger and certainly didn't describe it as the dispensation of grace but here we are in the dispensation of grace what will you do now that you know this you've it's been reiterated to some of you others are going to hear it and, and say man I, I didn't know that we're in this dispensation of grace and, you know, but that dispensation of grace is going to close up. There's going to be a time that it comes. And so the 27th verse says, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause to sacrifice and the obligation to cease. Now, I, I want uh, you Bible students that are that are listening. I want to read that again. And if you know who that is talking about, just just just. Um, comment that in and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week for for one week and you know a, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day unto the Lord he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the obligation to cease 
and for the overspreading of abomination, he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the uh, desolate. Who is that talking about, Bible students? Who is that talking about? Okay, I'm going to let you look that up. I'm going to let you spend some time thinking about that. Please think about it. I may come back and ask that again on Sunday. But this is speaking about someone specific. That he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation uh, to uh to be, to cease, to stop in the midst of the promise, going to stop it. And for the overspreading of abomination, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation that determined shall be poured into the desolation. So, so what is going to happen, the son of perdition, and I have an answer here. And so since someone gave an answer, which is correct, the son of perdition, also known as the Antichrist, is going to make an appearance. This is what Daniel is seeing. And he's going to make a peace treaty. He's going to come and he's going to provide a, a, what is going to appear to be a remedy for what is occurring in the Middle East. And, uh, and in the middle of the promise that is being made after a certain length of time, he's going to cut, it's going to be broken. The promise is going to be broken and is going to create havoc. Now, remember, the Antichrist is someone that is possessed by the, the spirit of the dragon, which is Satan. You'll find that in Revelation. And not only does, uh, is he possessing the Antichrist, but he also gives power to an image that's going to be created, and, is going, and people are going to be forced to bow down and worship that image. That if they don't bow down and worship that image during this time, and remember, the dispensation of grace has ended. The, the, those that are dead in Christ have been caught up. And those that are alive, that remain, are going to be caught up with them at the same time. And there's going to be the, uh, the marriage feast uh, that is occurring. The church is caught up and the marriage feast is occurring. And so there's a time of rewards. Uh, judgment has already been, been placed upon the church. Remember, the Bible tells us that judgment begins in my house. And so for those that say, don't judge me and all of that foolishness, uh, the word of God has already outlined the judgment for all of us, uh, from everybody, from, from me uh, all the way to the back door, all the way from the back door, all the way to the pulpit, those that are sitting down, those that are standing up, those that are kneeling, those that may be in the kitchen, uh, Frying fish to, to sell after service, whatever, whatever, wherever you are, the word of God has already pronounced clear judgment. And that's not going to change. So when we say don't judge, when people say don't judge me, uh, they're just saying, leave me alone. I, I, I want to do do me. I want to do it my way. Leave me be. And, and all of those different things where it doesn't uh, make sense that we should ignore and then we tell God to ignore what I'm doing, ignore what I'm saying, ignore how I'm acting and receive me anyhow. No, 
The Bible says that, as Daniel already pointed out, we rebelled against God. So I know that we're not going to rebel against God. I know that we're going to, after hearing this, we're going to spend time praying for ourselves and asking forgiveness of sin, asking forgiveness of the sin of our children, uh, you know, not just letting them run or they're growing up. And, and we're going to make sure that we cor correct those things to, because we want to see our loved ones saved. We want to see those that are, that we come across saved. We want to see them at the on the other side of things. Though we may not know their name, we won't know their name until they tell us their new name because the Bible tells us that one of the rewards is that those whose names is written in the, in the Lamb's Book of Life is going to receive a stone and that stone is going to have a new name and no one's going to know that name that's in that stone except the one that receives it. So Daniel is seeing this. Daniel is now understanding that Jerusalem is going to be restored. The Messiah is going to come, going to make atonement for sin. And then there is going to be an end. There's going to be an end of those things that put Israel there. And, and this has been God's plan all along as we look and as we rejoice in it. And there are benefits in between all of this. While we're here, there are benefits to be received and be obtained that God wants you to have. But first and foremost, as you study, as you do your schoolwork, as you uh, work on your jobs and you're thinking about the goodness of God and you and you handling your business with the, uh, the seven door whistle while you work, you whistling out uh, a joyful, making a joyful noise unto the Lord while you handling your business, you know, deep down inside that there is going to be a finish to transgression. There's going to be an end of sin and there's going to be everlasting righteousness that is ushered in and the vision is going to be sealed up. Mighty God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your love and kindness and, and your mercy, Lord God, that you have given us. Lord Jesus, and we just pray, and, and as has already been said, Lord God, if we have done or said anything that is offensive to you, Lord, we pray and ask your forgiveness, Lord, and for not recognizing it or for ignoring it, Lord God, and, and we pray and ask that you would just continue to watch over and keep us, help us to live committed lives unto you, Lord God, uh, just as you are faithful to the very end, bless us, Lord God, to live respectively and to be and to keep our vows that we have made unto you to live holy unto the very end well our time has come and and, and has ended for this evening for this bible class uh, but i want to encourage you that you can find us at sml inside the pages that's on iheart spotify and other digital platforms my prayer is that something has been said that that sparks newness in you be all that you can be, be an example, not just in words, but in action, at home, on the job, in your place of worship. If you're looking for a church home, ministry, growth, the power of forgiveness, then join us at Cornerstone Apostolic Church, 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. This is Pastor Carl Henderson. 
connecting you to truth, connecting you to Christ. And, you know, before we close out, I certainly want to give honor unto our minister of music that has gave us and presented us with a unique uh, composure that is going to be used on our, our new broadcast of KKLA. Uh, not, that's 99.5 on the radio dial that is going to premiere on March 19th. And so he put this together for us to be used so that we abide within the rules and regulations of, of what the media has. And so continue to pray for us as we pray for you. Minister Dre, Minister Adriel Griffin.